Welcome to the Scale Up Your Business podcast. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to go from startup to scale up and beyond. How to significantly grow your business, create freedom, build wealth, and live life on your terms. Featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction on your journey. And now, introducing your host, entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi, everyone. It's Nick here, and welcome to Scale Up Your Business. Well, today, I'm bringing back the Entrepreneur in Focus series, and I'm delighted to have on the show Jonathan Rivera. Now, Jonathan does kind of what I do, but has been doing it a lot longer. So he started podcasting in 2009. I think he launched his first show in 2013. And if you think now that you know podcasting is becoming such a huge thing, it seems like there's new shows launching every single week. It's really hard to, to get your message out there and get cut through. So what he's managed to do is work with people who've got strong personal brands, other sort of serial entrepreneurs, and his business, The Podcast Factory, helps them share their stories and, and help them, I suppose, build those personal brands so they can help others and obviously grow their businesses. So as much as we could have spent the whole episode getting into podcasting, and I could have bored the hell out of all of you in terms of my geekery around this topic, we didn't get to that. We got into you know what it takes to be an entrepreneur, his journey from sort of blue-collar worker into what he does now, uh, inspiration from things like the uh, the four hour working week from Tim Ferriss and, and kind of how he applied some of that stuff to his life. And like all of the interviews I've been doing of late, there is a scene that's now starting to come through where you're starting to see commonality of different habits, traits from entrepreneurs. And as I've always been saying through this, as I've been kind of, you know, bringing different people on to scale up your business, it's what you learn from their journey that you can apply to what you're doing, which is hopefully, certainly from my perspective, the most valuable thing that you'll get from the various episodes. So it's a pretty cut and thrust, pretty direct episode. We had a bit of a pre-conversation and that was you know, fantastic. We, uh, we got on extremely well. So I think you'll get a sense of that today when you listen to the episode. And I think you'll learn a lot from Jonathan. So without further ado, welcome to Scale Up Your Business, Jonathan Rivera. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode. I am delighted to have with me today, Jonathan Rivera, and we are going to get into a whole heap of stuff today, Jonathan, aren't we? <laughs> On business scale up. I, uh, I hope we so. Might get podcasting today. <laughs> we might even talk about that, but uh, thanks for coming on Scale Up Your Business. Nick, thank you for having me here. It is good to be speaking with you again, and I'm excited to see where this conversation goes, and I hope that we can drop a ton of value. So keep me on track. Please, please, please keep me on track because I'll, I'll go best. all over the place. No, no, just to help help my listeners out a little bit here, uh, we had a conversation, it was a few weeks ago actually, wasn't it? And I always say this, I'm, I'm going to get you know, tomatoes thrown at me because I always say we could have recorded the episode during that conversation, but we went into a whole heap of different places and I thought, you know what, we're going to get a great conversation ultimately about helping people scale up their businesses. But as I always say on the show, we get into other things which are equally important around who you are as a person, all that sort of stuff. So do you want to just share a bit of who you are for the audience, Jonathan, your story um, and, and all those sort of things so people can understand you a bit more? Yeah, cliff notes only. Uh, <laughs> Good. I was, uh, <laughs> I was a bad little kid. I got kicked out of Catholic school. 
I rejected everything they tried to teach me. So none of the programming worked and all my teachers thought I would be a total failure. And, and you know what? They were right for a little while. I, I took my parents' advice. I became a, uh, an electrician, blue collar worker. I hated that for a good nine years before I got right and became an entrepreneur and failed at that too and made a comeback. And now today I live a much better life. And I think it's because of all my failures that I am here. Let's, why don't we start on that? <laughs> I've been talking to lots of people recently about, you know, what it actually is failure because, you know, I, my personal view is, you know, you only fail if you stop and you give up. And if you, you know, you, you take that out of context, you, you know, it's a learning experience, but lots of people, particularly when they're going through the challenge of business scale up, they can have you know, a few knockbacks and they give up. What's, how have you managed to you know, push through that? And what's your view on failure in, in, the, in the context of business? It's so funny. When I think about scale up, that, that's some of my biggest failures, like scaling before I was ready and, and trying yeah. to add team members and marketing channels before I knew what to do with them. But I, I, I look at it as data. I think that's one of the best pieces of advice I got from a mentor was, uh, a failure is feedback. That's all it is. It's like, oh, I'm going in this direction. I veer off a little bit. That, that's what most people would consider failure. I, I hit a bumper and go back in. And I think that's all it is, is failure is feedback. And you're right, Nick. The only true failure is if you don't learn from it. And this is something that I'm, I'm doing with my son right now. Little Huddy, five years old. Uh, he he, he makes mistakes. I mean, he's a five-year-old little boy. What do you expect? And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I'm like, I don't accept sorry, okay? Let's hear a plan for what you're going to do better next time. And that's what I'm trying to instill in him. Like, yeah, we all screw up. Great. Now what do we learn from that? Yeah, and you know, it was an overused story, but it was mentioned to me once that, you know, if you're a kid and I've got two young daughters, if they, they're not going to be able to walk straight away, they try, they fall down, they try again, they fall down, break their, you know, their knees and whatever else. We don't stop, do we? I mean, we, we keep pushing along because, you know, everyone in the world walks. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully, but we have, you know, oh, exactly. But you know, there's a point where you don't give up just because it's hard. You don't give up just because it's challenging. You keep trying again. But sometimes when we get into, you know, this world of grown ups, whatever you want to call that, um, <laughs> we forget. We forget that and, um, and we lose our way. So, so what are you doing now? What's the, um, what's the, the mission? What, what do you spend your time doing? We got to go back. You, you just like brushed over something that's so important and I can't stand for our listeners not, not to hear this. And this is the reason why I'm successful today is, yeah, the kid is falling. The kid gets back up. The kid doesn't stop because the kid needs to walk. What happens is when they go to school, then they're taught that there's a failing grade and that you have to act a certain way, be a certain way. And this is, this is my gift, this is my blessing, was that I didn't accept any of that. I was like, no, I'm not doing homework. I never did homework in school. I was a straight D student. I rejected everything, and I'm successful today because they couldn't program me into believing that failure was a problem. And so you guys and girls out there listening, failure is a good thing. Failure is gonna put you in the right direction. And if you're afraid of failure, that, that right there is going to be the cause to all your problems. So now we can move on, but I just wanted to have my little tirade on school. I want to go back now because you, you mentioned the word. <laughs> you mentioned a word which, which I love, which is programming. Let, let's unpack that word. So, so conditioning, programming, and and yeah, you know, I 100% agree with you about about that. So, 
so how how much of an, an impact and how how much how much negativity can that drive then so what you're suggesting is you know this indoctrination this programming is is one of the root causes of why people are probably finding some of this stuff harder than it should be dude you really want to go here like this is what you want I knew to we, do i knew we'd go i knew we'd go <laughs> you know what? yeah and why not? Why not? Let's get into Let's, it. Again. All right, you want you want to go there. Here's here's my thoughts, and this is uh, maybe conspiracy theory. Uh, but there there's the top one percent of the world that create uh, holds all the wealth, and then there's the rest of us, uh, us peasants, uh, as it were, uh, trying to figure things out. And, and we are conditioned. We are conditioned. We are programmed to color in the lines to have a right answer and there's only one right answer and memorize that right answer my whole my wife is so crazy i call her cupcake uh cupcake is nuts <laughs> she went to school and she doesn't know anything she learned in school this this woman is a beautiful vibrant smart woman she doesn't remember what she did to get her mba all she did was memorize what they told her and regurgitate those answers and then let it out of her head because they programmed her that you only needed to know the answer for this amount of time to pass. And most people in this world, they're programmed that way. You have to have the right answer. You have to color in the lines. You have to do what everybody else says. The truth is, if you do what everybody else does, you are going to be sad. You're going to be miserable. You're going to hate your life and you're going to die unfulfilled. And that's why people like you and me and others that are doing big things and sharing them, Nick, that's what's important. We're letting people know that, hey, uh, by the way, you're in the matrix and you can unplug. It's your choice Whoa. and then you'll be infinite. <laughs> the matrix. I'm, you know what? The red, the blue pill. Here we go. I love this, right? This is cool. I'm, I'm all over that because once you, once you experience what it's like outside of the matrix, and for those of you who haven't seen it, go and watch it. You know, terrible. What's wrong with you? Keanu, <laughs> but you know, it's a great film. Anyway, um, but you know what? As soon as you realize there's a world outside, everything you were taught through that program. And I went through it, man. I was, you know, I went through the whole school thing, university. My my parents, grandparents were programmed to say, you know, go get a job, get the best education you can. And then I went and did that. I went and did the whole corporate thing, got as high as I possibly could in that world. Had a bit of a, a breakdown because I realized I was following someone else's path and not my own. And it was incongruent with everything in my head. Then started to do some stuff that I actually really cared about. Realized there was a whole nother world. In other words, broke out of the matrix. And then all of a sudden, man, I was happy. You know, I was a better dad. I was a better uh, husband. And it was like, whoa, what the hell has happened here? So, yeah, man, I'm with you. This is good, you see. Most people that I speak to on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, they're, they're, they're asking questions of me, but most of the questions are stuff that's in their head. And most of the time they're dealing with programming that they're trying to associate with something that, you know, creates meaning and creates some value to them. It's, it, look... This is what we're offering here today, Nick. And I don't know if you guys listening are getting this. We're offering a, a lifetime of freedom by unplugging you from this programming. And the first step is awareness. And, and I know mindset's a big thing on your show. So let, let's get some awareness around the fact that you were programmed in school. Let, let's get some awareness around the fact that your parents programmed you and they did the best they could, whether the programming was good or bad, here you are, you have that programming commercials, TV, movies, media, they're all trying to program you. They want to keep you scared. They want to keep you weak and feeble. They don't want you to know that you can unplug and download information and be better than everybody else. Because if that happens, then there's going to be a revolt in the world and we're all going to be happy.
we don't have room for everybody to be happy. No, God, no. No, imagine what that's going to be like. Yeah, right. So you, I mean, your, your, your story here, just to play on that a bit. So obviously, you know, quite, quite a young age, you were pushing this stuff back. Um, that must have been challenging. I mean, that you, you, you must have been talking a different language. And you must, you know, to be the rebel through all that sort of stuff. You know, what, what were your parents saying, your friends at the time? What was that like? I like the word you just used, and there's a reason why I like that word, uh, because I was at dinner with a couple of friends uh, just last Friday, in fact. We were at a beautiful restaurant, top of Orlando, overlooking the buildings, a place where a guy from, from my humble beginning should never have been. I should never be at the top of the building with waiter staffs around me and fancy napkins and all that, and, and we got to talking about school, and I was telling him. Yeah, I, I was terrible at school. I mean, I was so bad. I would get suspended all the time. I didn't get to walk for, for my graduation. In fact, I was suspended that last week. I had to go to summer school and all that. And my friend, E, he's like, man, you were such a rebel. And I said, really? A rebel? I feel like I was more of a reject around that time. And I think everybody treated me that way. And that's the way I felt. I was a reject. I, I, I'm that thing in the matrix where they spit out like this guy's no good. Like just spit him out into that tub down there and we'll grind him up for food. But I, I, I don't know if I was a rebel. I think I was just rejecting everything that was happening. And I'm grateful that my parents weren't very involved because they were so busy working. Like they were working multiple jobs. They were trying to keep us fed and clothed and, and, and roof over our head. They were totally not involved in my life. And I am so grateful because they would have ruined me if they, they made me uh, do the things like my wife had to do, like get good grades and show up to school and all that. So I don't know that I was a, a, a rebel or a reject, but one of them's got to be accurate. Yeah. No, I, I was the same. I was the same. I, I became unemployable after a while, and that's probably one of the best gifts I could have ever been given. So we can jump ahead now because I think we've. I think that hopefully the programming thing has smashed itself into people's minds, and they're probably still thinking, "What the hell did we just hear?" But even so, um, <laughs> <laughs> so just continue the story a bit. So into, you can actually start with where you are now and work back if, if that's cool. But you know, what what are you doing? What do you spend your time doing now? What's what's your purpose, mission, all that sort of thing? The thing is, I'm, I'm going to continue on the trend now that we have it, it is rejecting things. I, I reject the BS out there and I reject the false gurus and I reject the hype that you have to do this or you have to do that. High ticket, low ticket, welcome mat. All, all, I reject it all. Or even scaling. I reject scaling. Do you need to scale? I don't know. That depends on you. Maybe you're happy with a lifestyle business. Maybe you don't need to scale up. That That's... That's what you have to do. But speaking of rejecting, that's, that's actually where this all started. There was a time where I came online. And so, look, my real estate business is good right now. I'm sitting in my office. I'm a happy fella now. Uh, but there was a time where I went into real estate. I made a bunch of money and I lost even more, ended up in, in big debt and uh, questioning everything I've ever done. <laughs> And it was a hard time. It was hard. And it took me a couple of years to, to break out of that low. And it was during that time where I figured out that I needed to have something else, something more like, okay, I got the real estate business. I can rebuild that. Great. But I don't, I don't really like the, the way it felt to be broke or owe money or not know where money was coming from. So maybe I should make another stream of income uh, along with real estate. And that's when I got online and 
tried to figure out how to build a, a business online or an internet business and looking at what a lot of these, I'm going to call them gurus, like guru, not a guru, guru, like a rube. Uh, they were all teaching each other the same crap that they learned at Warrior Forum or wherever and, and just like selling stuff that they didn't even know about. Like just selling whatever and claiming that it was going to make you a million bucks. And there was so much of that. It was rampant when I got in that I was like, well, where are the good people? Who are the people that are legit? Who are the people that can help me? And through friends and through time, I found great people, great mentors that helped me rebuild this real estate business, helped me build my entire second business, which was, at the time it was a... a real estate training business. Uh, and, and nowadays I have, I have the podcast factory because it was these people that helped me rebuild my business, rebuild my confidence that I said, man, more people need to know you. Can we do a show together? That was Darren Persinger, Making Agents Rich. Uh, ben Settle was my next one who taught me about copywriting and sales. Uh, Doberman Dan, who taught me about direct mail. I was just like, these guys are legit and I need to make sure that more people know them. And so I took it on to myself. How do we do this? And that's how I ended up in the podcast thing. That's um, that point you made then about navigating, you call them gurus or the fake preneurs and all this sort of stuff that's talked around these days. I think that's an important thing to talk about for a sec because I say, I mean, my story is not dissimilar. I, I, when I left the corporate world, I had to create a couple of different lists. One was my personal development. One, one was professional development. And that all started by being very clear and intentional about what I wanted my life to be like. So, you know, the point around scaling is, is a good point as well. It's not about necessarily creating an empire. It's what, you know, freedom and, and choice means for you. And that's different for different people. But in those two lists, I then went out there and sort of, okay, who are the best people in the world that I can learn from? Who are going to be my mentors that I can then, you know, acquire new skills? And I found this world literally of click funnels and, you know, I, I, crazy stuff, you know, promises to get rich in three minutes. And <laughs> it was challenging. I mean, and it still is, right? It still is. There's all these people out there doing all this sort of stuff. I mean, what, what's, your, what's your thoughts on that world now? And how did you find these people? Obviously, you asked for recommendations, but it's hard for people. What, what are your recommendations that people do around this? You have to be vigilant. You really must be vigilant. You must do your due diligence. It's a, it's a real estate term. Do a little bit of, of research. Make sure that these people are who they say they are. Get referrals. Talk to other people that have worked with them. Watch what they do. Listen to what they say. See if it's congruent. Because right there, you can start picking apart a lot of people where they're talking about one thing and selling something else. I mean, it, it's all over. And so I, I have always believed in human capital. And I didn't really know that. I actually got that term from Brian Kurtz. Uh, his book is his new book is Over Deliver, and he talks about it in that book. It is human capital. I, I've got. I'll share a story with you, so so that we can kind of give some context to this. But I was sitting with a friend a couple weeks ago. Well, it was probably a couple months ago now, and we were sitting on his dock in his backyard, and I met this guy with a big old hairy beard, kind of dirtyish look. He was a landscaper, had just sold his landscape company, wanted to be, wanted to leave blue collar and go to white collar. And here we are five years later, 
I've watched his journey, watched him grow, always impressed by the guy. We're sitting on his dock of his house, half a million dollar house on the lake, boat parked outside. We're getting ready to go in the water and we're talking about the journey. And he tells me, man, I don't, I don't know if I have it in me to do this again. I, I've worked so hard the last 15 or 20 years that if I lost it all right now, I just don't know that I have it in me to do it again. And I'm sitting here like looking at his beautiful house, his wife with the baby up there and the boat over here. And I'm like, good God, man, you seem like you have it all. And I was like, you know what? Now, now that you're making me think about it, I have lost everything before. And it took me a hell of a lot of time to get it back and get it better. But if I lost everything right now, I think I could have an even better setup within three months. Why? Because of the people I know the human capital, the connections. So to me, it's those connections, those people that you meet, those associations. They're, look, you're not going to go to the business builder seminar and, and make a million bucks by meeting people today. What you do is you cultivate these relationships. You hang with people, you get to know them. And over time, the opportunities will come. But it's, it's not something that you can make happen. And so my, my thing is get around the right people. And that's a long way to it, but get around the right people no matter yeah, what good, it takes. It's a great answer. And I found even the last 12 months in the stuff I'm doing, I've got two stories of serendipity or whatever you want to call it, which, you know, without getting mystical, because, you know, we don't tend to do that much on the podcast. What happened, and this is my, my context to it, is I had two of the mentors that I'd sought out, you know, just by researching, I ended up being in the same room with them at a, at a point. One, one situation was even more bizarre. One was where I was actually landing in the same country as this person and we live on opposite side of the world and we actually had 12 hours together in wow. this place totally randomly. But you know what it was? Is I think sometimes when you open your mind to the opportunity and you put yourself in those environments, you see the things in a different way and then you know, those opportunities just present themselves. I didn't used to believe in that as much as I do now, but I found that as I've, as I've done exactly what you've said, I've put myself in certain rooms, sometimes out of my comfort zone, you know, send the email here, left and here. Other things just start to line up. And, and that's where I say, I always say at the end of the episode, be grateful, be brave, have faith, show up. And that mantra to me is partly around that is that sometimes when you put yourself into those situations and you have faith, those opportunities present themselves. Gotta have faith. Gotta have faith. Cool. Okay. So podcasting, you know what? I've never talked about podcasting because it's a podcast. So meta. <laughs> Sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? I do talk about personal branding, though. And um, I talk about the opportunity that, that presents, particularly for entrepreneurs now, to get their message out there. And obviously, I like what you said before about when you met the right people, the people who had some, some level of integrity, allowing them to get their message out there in the right way. Can you, can you sort of you know, t tell the story about that a bit? It sounds interesting to me. You know, it's funny that you bring this up because uh, this morning over coffee, I'm talking to to Cupcake about some things and and she found this funny. I, I said, wow, people really need to pimp their message. What? Pimp? Pimp? She's like, that sounds great. She's like, that's funny. And I'm like, well, you have a sense of humor. A lot of people wouldn't laugh at that. And it's not uh, like uh, a pimp with a big hat and uh long furry purple coat it's pmp personal media platform and so you got to get a personal media platform for your message and podcasting is one way to do that video is another way to do that writing is another way to do it you have to find a way to magnify your message and 
that's really how, how you're going to set yourself apart from everybody else is you're going to plant your flag. This is your message. This is what you believe in. Like you believe in, in, in scaling and scaling could mean different things to different people. I scale by having systems. It doesn't mean that I'm growing, but it means that I'm lessening my workload. Somebody else scaling might mean getting a million clients next month. You know, so I, I just think that, um, uh, we all need our personal media platforms if we want to stand out. And, and this, is a, this goes into a personal brand thing. And this is a lesson that I learned recently, Nick, is I tried for many years to be the man behind the scenes. And so when I was working with these big guys, I was a co-host or I was a guy behind the scenes doing the technical thing. I never really wanted to be in the spotlight. And I found it incredibly hard to make sales because of that. It wasn't until I started building my personal media platform where I started doing more video, where I started doing more interviews, where then people showed up to calls asking the right questions. Because a lot of times, if you're not doing this correctly, if you're not getting your message out there correctly, if you're not bringing in people the, the right way, when you get on a sales call with them, it's going to be, who are you and what do you do? I mean, there's such a low chance of closing that call. where when you build your, your pimp platform, your personal media platform, and you bring them through that, <laughs> they're asking the right questions because they show up on a call excited to be talking to you saying, how can I work with you? How do I get started? They're asking buying questions. And so I've spent the last 10 years perfecting this. And guess what? It's not perfect. It's just better than it was. But I do believe in the idea of personal branding, personal media platform, and having a message that resonates with people and having that lead the charge for you. Okay. And 10 years is a long time to be in this space. I mean, I, I've been in it for a, for a couple of years, but so just take us through that for a second. So what was it like a decade ago? I mean, cause it's, if, if people, people are talking about it now as if it's, you know, it's a new thing, but obviously it's not. Yeah. I, I was lazy as we already know, because of my school record, uh, I was clearly a, a lazy person. And so when I, when I got online, there was a lot of talk about being a thought leader. And back then to be a thought leader, you had the blog and I could not, I mean, I was not going to blog. I, I'd sit there at the keyboard and be like, uh, what do I do? I couldn't, I couldn't get with this blog thing. And so I just figured out that I had garage band on my Mac and I could record and put it up into iTunes and, and get my message out there and be a thought leader that way. And back then it was different. People didn't really know. A lot of people didn't know what podcasting was. So there was an education that had to go with it. Today, it, it, it's in your car. There's apps. It, it's on everything. It's on Pandora. It, it's on Amazon. It's everywhere. So getting into somebody's car, getting into somebody's head is so much easier than it's ever been. Uh, but I was doing this before it was cool and I would have quit if it wasn't for one of my mentors, the guy th that I mentioned earlier, Darren Persinger, making agents rich. He's the one that got me not to quit. He's like, man, I know, I think you're just early to the game. You got to keep doing this. There's going to be something big. Thank God for Darren. And thank God for everybody that told me you got to keep doing this. Yeah. It's that, it's that old saying of compound interest or the, one of my mentors said to me, you know, when you plant the seed, you don't expect to see the tree the next day. You know, it's one of those things that comes later on, but you're 100% right. I mean, everyone's talking about it now. I I launched um, Scale Your Business. I mean, I wasn't going to do it either. I had all these kind of, oh, I don't want to put myself out there. What are people going to say? Is my message good enough? Do people need to hear it? 
you know what are the reasons behind it and in the end it came it came down to my wife and doing it was greater than any of the bullshit that i was saying to myself about why i can't do it and i needed to do it for myself as much as i wanted to help other people so it was a lot of different reasons and then and then i procrastinated for six months and then i recorded six episodes and if anyone's listening you can go back and listen to episodes one to six and laugh because i do yeah um and then and then all of a sudden I really liked it and people started listening and then people sent me messages and say, you know, you're, you're offering some amazing advice and it's changing my business, changing my life. And then all of a sudden, you know, boom, you're in it. But I can totally understand for me, it's changed everything for me and, and it's, and it's given me a lot, a lot more purpose, but a lot of people who come to me now, they say, you know what? I just, I can't do it. I don't want to put myself out there. What's your advice to people who come to you, you know, wanting assistance, that, you know, have that same reservation? How do you, how do you coach them on that? What do you say? You're probably not going to come to me because of my content. Uh, I'm going to weed you out if you come, if you have that lack of confidence. What, what I get is people like, yeah, I got a message and I'm putting it on Facebook Live and it's disappearing like a fart in the wind. Can you help me? And I'm like, all right, yeah, let's do something about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so you, you don't have a problem with these people who don't want to put their message out there. No, but I get it. And no, I'll tell you what, I'm in a group right now. And it's, it's super interesting, Nick, because I joined uh, a mastermind. And I like to I, look, here's a secret. I like to pay for access to people. And it's one of the, the, the greatest leverage points I've ever had in my life is that I can pay. Uh, some people would say uh, a princely sum of money to get in room with people. But for me, it's like, wow, I can have access to people for this little bit of money, access to brains, access to experience. So I'm, I'm in this mastermind right now, paid over 30 grand to be a part of it for the year. Uh, and it's not the biggest investment I've ever made either. Uh, but the thing is that everybody else in that room paid 30 grand to be in that mastermind for the year. And these are real estate investors who are doing hundreds of deals per year, making hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of dollars. And a lot of them have that exact problem. Uh, who, who's going to listen to me? Oh, who cares what I have to say? Uh, one guy that I was talking to that I, I think is brilliant and I know he should have a podcast, but he doesn't yet. Uh, he's like, well, I don't want these people depending on me. And I'm like, are you effing kidding me? Are you like, you have all this knowledge and you're a selfish little pig keeping it to yourself. You don't want to put it out there because you're afraid they'll have more questions. That's a chance for you to give them more support, to bond with them, to help them on that journey, which is a shortcut that I'm sure you wish you would have had. So quit being selfish, quit being a baby and get this mic in front of your face and let's start recording. Now, how's that for a pep talk? Do you know what? You've just done it. Exactly. <laughs> so much better than I could ever say it. I, I normally say something a little bit kind of, you know, being, being the sort of Australian living in Britain and being very polite and all that sort of stuff. I normally say something, well, you know, the best thing about doing this is you work out people who hate you and people who like you. So if you're trying to find clients, it's a great qualification exercise because there's people who, like I get people who call me up and, and say all sorts of crazy stuff about me. And then I've got people who, who are raving fans and go, wow, you know, the stuff you're doing. And you're 100% right. When I, when I work with people and do different things, and normally it's, it's mentoring, it's coaching, it's all sorts of different stuff these days, um, the conversation when they call me is not one of what do you do? It's how can, how, can, how can you help me? How can we work together? And there's no me having to explain it because they've already spent, you know, some of them have listened to every episode. I'm going, wow, God, that's a number of hours Pressure's of me. On. <laughs> it's more time than I'd spend with myself. But, no. <laughs> but I, think, I think your pep talk's 100% spot on. And, and I, I say to people these days, particularly 
and this is my personal view when you look at the, the broader perspective of, of business brands versus personal brands, is there's lots and lots of noise out there. There's lots of business brands going out there trying to you know, put their message out there. It lacks a huge amount of authenticity and trust. And if you can get your message out there that's a real message, not a fake message, and we spoke about that previously, uh, your chances of being able to grow your business to whatever level you want are much greater because you know I don't believe in B2B or B2C. I believe in person to person. People buy from people. So you said you know, having this platform to be able to get your message out there just seems to me like the, the most obvious and logical thing you should be thinking about and considering these days. You owe it to your market. You owe it to yourself. Because if you believe, if you truly in your heart believe the work that you're doing is going to improve lives, change lives, uh, make the world a better place, and you have to find a way. And here's, here's a funny thought. Let's, let's play with this thought. It's like, how do you get business? You ask somebody that doesn't know anything about how, how well, you just do really good work. You just, you just do the best work you can. You give people everything. Yeah, and... That, that's not enough. Doing your best is not enough. You have to market that. You have to show people your best. And how do you do that? Is by building a personal media platform, by advertising, by getting word of mouth out there. But you, if you really believe in what you're doing, then you owe it to yourself to get that message out there any way you can. And, and we're doing it right now through this podcast. You can do it through writing emails. I write daily emails. But Listen, if you believe in yourself, then you owe it to yourself and your market to do it. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, I 100% agree. 100% agree. And the, and the people that I know, either my mentors in my peer group environment or people I work with, the ones that are, who are taking on that message and doing that are getting the most success at the moment with their businesses. You like have to. Yeah, look, I'm sitting here. <laughs> These apartments are just like any other apartments. When you look at them, the buildings look like other apartments. So then what's different from us? To the other apartments not freaking marketing the way that we treat people our message we're out there while other people are talking about we have two bedrooms and one bath and 900 square feet i'm like we'll never raise your rent again we'll give you lightning fast approval like i'm doing everything i can to get the people that belong here to come over to us and it's not it, it, it's for them obviously so they can have a safe quiet place to live. It's for us so we can make money, right? We're all winning. And so I owe it to the market to, to give them a better idea of what we do here. And, and, and I get paid for it. So what's wrong with that? What, what's wrong with that, Nick? Is there anything wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. You're doing both things. You're giving value <laughs> and you're getting, you know, you're creating sustainability, you know, freedom for yourself. Nothing's wrong with that. I always, I, I, I'm, I'm also belong to a mastermind group, crazy one that runs for 52, 52 weeks. And we talk about vertical and horizontal income streams. I don't know if you're aware, you've heard that concept before, but the whole, the whole premise is that vertical, vertical income is you know, what you do, you spend, you're trading time for money. But horizontal is broadly what's called passive. Nothing's really passive 100%. I mean, real estate can be, but you're doing something generally. But in this group, you've got people who are what we call 100 percenters. And 100 percenter is someone who 100 percent of of all of their expenses are driven through passive income. Nice. And there's a few guys who are on like 340 percent. Wow. So just if you think what that means, what are they doing with their money? Well, the extra money is going into investments. But then the interesting thing, the thing I want to kind of call out is it's what they're doing with their time. They're out there starting foundations. They're out there mentoring, coaching, giving value, making a bigger contribution. Because that tick box in the end about money that everyone has a hang up over is taken care of. They're free. 
And so this is why, you know, your point, nothing's wrong with making money because the more successful you are commercially, financially, you know, if you're a good person, you're going to go and help other people. That's what you do. So I'm all over that. That's what I like. And so when we're, and this is one of the things that we hit on on the pre-interview, I'm more about scaling impact. And so when I, when I was an electrician, I mean, my impact was minimal. I mean, somebody would turn on a light and never think about me, but sure, the job got done. When I was training in real estate, uh, okay, great. I helped somebody find a house. Wonderful. That, that is an impact. It, it makes a difference. But it wasn't enough for me because I'm greedy. I, I, want, I want to have a legacy. And so the work that I do today is really where I have scaled my impact by not only working with the wonderful hosts that I work with, who I know are good people, who I know have integrity, but all the listeners, all the listeners that are hearing these shows, selfishly, inside, in my heart of hearts, I'm like, yeah, I helped you. That's right. Yeah, I helped. They, they don't know it. I don't know who they are. I don't care. That, that's, that's the kind of scale that's sexy to me is like the bigger impact I can make by helping these other brilliant people make a bigger impact. And that, that scale turns me on. <laughs> There is nothing wrong with that either, because <laughs> it's probably one of the reasons why I do this. There's a thing where, um, you know, and I, there's a bit of a formula here, because what I find is when I get into a room where people are, you know, similar conversation to we're having here and we're sharing sharing different messages with, with, with the listeners, is it comes back to that whole growth and contribution thing. So, you know, you've already said a few things today on, on the show about, you know, your investment in your own growth and how, you know, how you're evolving to do what you're doing. And then you've spoken a lot about contribution. And I honestly believe that those two things, when they do come together, um, you know, your 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 you know, your identity is changing to to get where you need to be, and you're helping more people. That's when you feel the most fulfilled, actually. And it's not just me saying that. Most of the people that I meet who are you know doing great things and making an impact, using your words, that they, they're doing those, they're doing that. So it, it's a it's a common formula, and it's, and I think it's the it's what I try and say to people. That's where you should have goals and certainly should have a vision towards. I think when we, th- we look back at this conversation and uh, you ladies and gentlemen out there listening, you might have to listen again. We've taken quite a trip here, but you're being programmed to be in a scarcity mindset. You, you got that amygdala, I think, is a part of your brain that's like fight or flight and, and you're living in constant terror because the media is giving you bad news. Uh, your teachers are giving you bad news. Your, your coworkers or your clients... You got, you got to watch that. You got you to gotta filter that. You got to remove the emotion from that. And when you start separating yourself, first thing is awareness. Oh, I'm aware that all these outside factors are affecting me. And I'm also, now that I'm aware, I know that I can control that. And when you control your reaction to that and put up a dam and block all that, keep it, keep it away from you, protect your inner space, protect your inner light. That's when you can grow. That's when you can scale that, that. I'm reading a book by Dr. Joe Dispenza, uh, Becoming Supernatural. And, and so that's what I feel like is like that's when you're becoming supernatural. That's when you can give. That's when you can make a greater impact is after you become aware, after you put those stops in place, and when you focus on making yourself better and making your impact on the world greater. Yeah, cool. I love that. I love it. And in terms of like so for the listeners there who are now going, you know what, I might, I might kind of get this. But I'm, but I'm still thinking, what the hell just happens? You know, you know, you're exactly <laughs> this <saying>. guy's nuts. <laughs> What's well, wrong with you, Nick? <laughs> they're thinking we're both nuts. No, 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 no. If you listen back, I've had a few conversations which are on the same vein as this. And when I jump on a call with someone, it gets a bit like this. 
let's get practical for a sec here because I think you know it's always good to ground some of these conversations in something. So I, I talk a lot about what I do, you know, to kind of get myself very intentional and very focused. What are some of the things that you do um, to, to 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 keep this 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 psychology that you've got, this mindset, this this energy, this fire that's coming out very clearly on the episode? Are there things that you do daily, weekly? What do you what do you surround yourself with? What are those practices? I'll tell you what the greatest thing and i'll give you of course i'll give you a story a story from today in fact um so look my son huddy our son huddy uh is a little over five years old now and we adopted him we brought him home about three years ago so we we brought him home and he was two and a half years old so he had a life without us uh, he had a life that wasn't much of a life uh, just because it was a very poor country, Philippines, uh, Gen San area. And all they did with these kids, um, they fed them formula, changed their diapers, let them play on a rug. So n- no, no real love, uh, really uh, get a little choked up thinking about it. But, yeah, you know, the... the the kid didn't have anything. And then he comes over to us and we got it all, right? This is this is it. So, of course, he's going to be behind. And they prepared us for that. It took us three years to adopt the kid. And they told us he, he's going to have sensory de- deprivation issues. He's going, to, he's going to be a little bit behind and all that. And so, last year, we wanted him to go to pre-K at this school. And it's a prestigious school. Everybody knows the school in the area. And um, he did the assessment. And he got rejected. And I feel like I got rejected. And I'm like, ah, you know, F school, you know, because I have that attitude already. But that's just the emotional response. And I let that go. And then it was like, what are we going to do? Right. We're going to mount a campaign. And so put the kid in karate, put him in Kumon. Uh, Now we're engaging a speech therapist. And today we went to the school. And it's coming up again in two months. It's going to be time for assessment. And so I had a, a meeting with this teacher. And I made cupcakes so uncomfortable. So we're sitting down and she's like, yeah, he's doing good, this, that, the other. I I think he should have no problem getting into kindergarten. I said, think, think. That's like, maybe. I said, let's talk about what we need to do to ensure. Let's get on the same page to make sure that that we we got this, right? And so she's like, oh, oh, okay, okay, all right. all right, let's talk about this. And we came up with a plan. And this is, so you know, I'm coming back to the point. Uh, So we came up with a plan where she's like, well, he's done terrific on his assessment. We compared him to last year. It's amazing how far he has come. And we've seen him grow so much. I said, yeah, well, last time he he didn't make it. So what are we going to do? And she came up with a brilliant idea. She says, you know what? Next assessment, I'm going to get a different teacher a different teacher to give him the, the, the assessment so that he gets a little bit uncomfortable. I said, there, there, I like that. Oh yeah, give me more of that stuff. What else can we do? And that was her suggestion and I was happy with that. Great, but I said, I'm mounting a campaign, not I'm talking to one person. So then I go out, I find the director, uh, Miss Beth Hewitt. Can I talk to you for a second? And she's like, yeah, sure, what's up? And I'm like, hey, listen, you know what happened last year? We don't want it to happen again this year. You've seen the growth in this kid. Can you write a letter or do something? Because I'm, I'm mounting a campaign and I need you on board. I, I need you to help me with this. And, and she starts thinking and talking and, and she comes up with the idea. You know what? What you need to do, you, you need to, and 
the advice I got from her last year was structure, routine, and consistency. That's how you keep a kid happy. Structure, routine, and consistency. That's old advice. So when, when I'm asking her for new advice, she's like, you need to change up his routine. You need to get him out of his structure a little bit so he gets shaken up but gets right back into it so that when he goes and tests, that he'll be ready. And so you asked me, what's something that we can do to, to keep our growth? Something that'll help us uh, keep on the path and keep fired up. You got to shake things up once in a while. Yeah, you got to have structure, routine, and consistency. That's great. But do something crazy. I jumped out of an airplane when I didn't want to. I, I get myself into $30,000 masterminds thinking, holy crap, that's a lot of money. Get yourself uncomfortable. Get yourself <laughs> out of the routine. That's how you grow. That, that will shake up. Because we, we, look, our body would naturally like to just be on autopilot. And most of the people in the world, going back to the matrix, they're on autopilot. They're plugged into the machine, not doing anything different. They live the same day every day. It's like Groundhog's Day. You want to be different. You want to be supernatural. Shake it up. Get out of your routine. Do different things. Get uncomfortable. Stretch. Grow. That, no matter how you do it. That's a blanket statement. I could give you specifics, but that, that's what you need. Yeah, good. Good. Yeah, I, I say a lot. I, I use the term about you've got to create some leverage. You know, you got by be, you know, be comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, you know, I've done that many a time where I've, probably similar to you, I've invested in something usually an education thing it's cost me a lot of money i've gone for the holy shit yeah yeah just done. There, <laughs> it's was gotta one hurt recently, there's one recently <laughs> where she listens to it sometimes but i went to you know i went to the wife because i had like the separate bank account and there's <laughs> the thing where now she's really cool i'm joking she backs me right she backs me to that if i invest in myself i'm going to go with it but the point i make around that is sometimes you've got to put yourself into that situation where you don't really have much behind you. You've just got to go for it, you know, and that opens up a whole new pathway to growth, makes you stretch yourself. And I've always found that people who are prepared to do that regularly, I think it's exactly your point, are the ones that tend to, um, you know, you know, create the most success for themselves and certainly feel fulfilled around that as well. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to push out of what's comfortable. Man, we have had some fun. Now, is that, is that, did we plan this? We didn't plan this, did we? I, that, I don't think there was a, I don't think you could plan this. <laughs> no, I, for, the, for the benefit of our listeners here, um, when we spoke before, as I said, we could have recorded it. And, and that was a great conversation, which was equally as compelling. Um, when I do the, uh, the intro for this, there's so many takeaways. Um, I think the key thing just to sort of finish on today, because you've been very generous with your time, Jonathan, is, you know, this idea that you've got to challenge yourself. You've got to step out of your comfort zone. You've got to not, take things that you've been told for years for granted if you want to be successful in life and feel fulfilled you know it's that road less traveled as opposed to the, as opposed to the road traveled and i think a lot of the stuff you've said today um hits on those points very strongly well i hope that we have inspired one or two people to unplug and uh be free i reckon we have how can people uh, get in touch with you if they want to jonathan you if you don't think I'm absolutely nuts and you you want to hear more, what I recommend is you go to wherever you listen to podcasts, type in daddy's working, daddy's working. Like, oh, no, don't go in there. Daddy's working. We've all heard it before. That's the name of my show. Daddy's working. So if you want to hear more craziness from me, that that would be the place to go. Well, I'm going to thoroughly recommend that show. And I and you might have even just got a new listener with me. 
there we are. <laughs> and a new oh guest. God. I got to have, you're a daddy, you're working. I got to have you on the show. Oh my God. Yeah. We can talk about, you know, my two weeks in Disneyland. It's a great timing. Listen, Jonathan, thank you for coming on Scale Your Business. As I said, very grateful for you giving your time today. And thank you for sharing your message, your thoughts, your perspectives with the audience. It was a blast. Thank you so much. So there you have it. That's Jonathan Rivera. Hugely passionate guy, heaps of energy, heaps of focus. And and one of the things I say is that, you know, when you have these conversations and hopefully those of you who've been listening to scale your business from the beginning, you're starting to see these, these habits and these traits of successful people. And that's why I am thrilled to bring people like Jonathan and others to the show. So coming up in the next few weeks, we have some fantastic guests coming on. Some really powerful names, certainly across the field of marketing and business. Won't quite tell you who they are yet, um, but keep listening, keep subscribing, keep you know leaving feedback, uh, leaving a review. It's always very helpful for me if you do that. Uh, and I promise you, you're going to be delighted by some of the people that will be coming on the show. And one last announcement for today. Uh, launching in the next three months is going to be my inner circle. Now, what is that? So we launched the Accelerator program towards the uh, the end of last year, and that's really for people who are kind of going through the scale-up journey. They've got businesses that are turning over sort of six figures, and they want to turn over seven. The Inner Circle is more than that. It's a 12-month program, face-to-face, working with me and a select group of experts. And it's really for people who have got businesses that are going on the scale-up journey to exit. So if you've got a business that's turning over seven figures, possibly eight figures, and you're thinking, you know what, I've got through the scale-up wilderness. Now I'm thinking, I want to take this business somewhere else. I want to sell it. I want to create a capital event. How do I do that? How do I become more strategic? How do I acquire complementary businesses and, and create something of really significant value? So the Inner Circle program is going to be that. So it's 12 months. It's going to be a very... A select group of people who can be on that program. And as I said, it's going to be face-to-face with me and a team of specialists, everyone who's worked in investment and private equity and can absolutely get you and your business ready for what is a fantastic journey. If you can create a capital event and create wealth from that, then everything changes. So if you're interested in that, please get in touch. I can give you some information. As I said, it's not launching for a little while because, as I said, I want to make sure I've got the right people on that. Uh, it'll be running in the UK first and foremost, but we will also be running running one in the US uh, later in this year. So depending on where you're listening from, if you're interested in that, if you've got a business of that scale and you really want to take it to somewhere really transformational, please get in touch. So that's it for today. As I always say, be grateful, be brave, have faith and show up. Bye for now. 